Welcome back to Pancreas Pals, a podcast by diabetics for diabetics. I'm Emily, a writer and editor. And I'm Miriam, a licensed mental health counselor. We're just two women trying to live our best diabetic lives. While it might not always be easy due to the literal highs and lows, it always helps to have a Pancreas Pal to turn to. Hello and welcome to Pancreas Pals. I'm Emily, and this season we will be having a rotating roster of co-hosts. No matter who's sitting beside me in the hosting chair, we are still just two people trying to live our best diabetic lives. Every week we'll tackle a new topic from the diabetic perspective. Although we may offer tips and tricks, we are not medical professionals. However, we offer anecdotes and general thoughts on how to embrace a type 1 lifestyle on your own terms. It's not easy to do with all of the literal highs and lows, but it does help to have a pancreas pal to turn to. Hey guys, welcome to Pancreas Pals. Emily here, and this week's special guest is none other than Ariana Freyer. Um, I hope I pronounced that right. We totally went over this. Hi, Ariana. Hi. Welcome. So for those of you that might not know just the name, she is cupofoj.com or at Ariana Fret. I can't speak anymore. It's like, this is me every week now. A-R-I-A-N-A-F-R-A-Y-E-R. Oh my God, I never spell out people's names, but I did it for you. Uh, on Instagram, check her out. Think of Ariana Grande and the band The Fray, you know. Just two amazing <laughs> local local institutions in themselves. So 100%. Yes. So we are here to talk a little bit about um, the the ever, ever wanting to talk about dating with diabetes. But before we get into that, um, I'd love to hear your diagnosis story if you'd like to share. Yeah. All right. So... Uh, I was diagnosed with diabetes at age 10. Um, I had just gotten back from this like really big summer event with my family. We all go out to this little ranch um, sometimes and it was a full week. And throughout that week, every single person in my family got a stomach bug. So at every point of the trip, someone was throwing up everywhere which is just my worst nightmare. I absolutely hate. Sounds like fresh hell. (laughs) It was awful. And mind you, like the place we were staying is like 30 minutes out of the city. So every time we had to go into the city, like people were getting car sick. It was just horrible. So we finally got home and then I ended up getting the stomach bug. Um, And I was super thin or, or I was normal sized at that point. But a few months after the stomach bug, I was, it was around October at that point. I was super thin I was like asking for water all the time. I remember telling my mom specifically that I thought my throat was growing through a growth spurt because I was drinking so much water and that was like the only thing I could think of that was happening. So November rolls around and my mom calls uh, my aunt, who's a pediatrician, and is like, hey, what do you think of her symptoms? And my aunt was like, you need to take her to the doctor right now. So we go to the doctor. They don't even say nothing really happens except he's I think they check my blood sugar or they say something or we tell them our my symptoms and they're like you need to take her to the emergency room right now I'm like okay let's go and we go and all I remember is so I was in there for four days it was a week before Thanksgiving I remember watching double teamed like four different times that uh Disney Channel original movie oh my god such a good movie <laughs> 
I watched that like four times. Oh, All no. I ate, I only ate chicken fingers from the cafeteria. I would not eat okay. anything else. And I remember telling my doctor, the only thing I was concerned about was if I could still have popcorn chicken from KFC. I mean, same. <laughs> like... I I wasn't like, am I going to die? I was like, okay, but can I still have this one specific thing, sir? (laughs) (laughs) What did they say? They were like, yeah, just a lot of insulin. Oh my God, that's amazing. Positive about it. But it was fine. Uh, My parents had to learn the whole orange, sticking a needle in an orange thing. And then I got one of those bears. Did you get a bear? No, I was diagnosed at 20. Oh, yeah. Um, I'll do like, my, you my, don't need a bear. <laughs> yeah, no. Go back to season one, episode one for those listening to listen about how I was diagnosed. Continue. I totally remember. <laughs> I did read about this. Um, but no, yeah, I got a little bear that we had to inject insulin in it. And no one told me that you had to inject saline in it. So I've been, I was injecting like real insulin to this. Oh, my bear. God. And after a while, it began to smell really bad. Oh, my God. That's amazing. But you oh, probably yeah. you wasted so much insulin. No, no, I mean, I don't I don't know. They they were like, what is this stuff? I don't know. <laughs> but so we ended up funny. throwing it away. This, like, gross little bear in a dress that just <laughs> reeked. <laughs> oh, my God. So for but those yeah. that don't know the smell of insulin, for those pancreatically capable who are listening – um it's definitely a very medical type of smell like it's not like we sweat insulin like we don't smell like it as diabetics but <laughs> like the bear when it yeah when it like <laughs> spills on you a little bit or when you're uh you know you get a drop somewhere it's definitely um medical like substance smelly type of thing almost like rubbing alcohol but like with a different smell. it's like a sassy it's like a sassy rubbing alcohol yeah it's like it basically smells like you wouldn't want it, you know? Yeah. But, like, also you need it. It's not a bad smell. It's just – anyways, I, we won't go into it. Yeah. My uh, <laughs> One of my best friends <laughs> that I work with that I've known for years, like, we went through high school and everything. I've known her for, like, 10 years now. Um, every time I give insulin, she'll, like, IM me, and she's like, I can smell your insulin. <laughs> oh, my God. I'd be like, you're welcome. Yeah. <laughs> Keeping Thanks it fresh. <laughs> So you were 10 when all this was going down and you were injecting, uh, I think the bear's name is Rufus or something like that. Um, <laughs> what about the girl bear? Yeah, is, I'm looking, I'm Googling to the Google. Girl I mean, Rufus diabetes is a, a name bear. for anybody. Jerry the bear? Wait, and what yeah, is like the, What's the girl? Are they both Jerry? I mean, it's possible, you know. It's I mean, 2018. Yeah. <laughs> I wrote um, get yeah. girl diabetes there. I don't what remember else? a time where I wasn't diabetic. That's and I realized the other day actually that I've had diabetes more. I've had diabetes a larger chunk of my life than I haven't had diabetes. That's insane. I mean, that's bound to happen. Hopefully for everyone. But yeah. <laughs> I mean, we wish friend, that, but I just yeah. Have that's like that's such a thing to realize though weird but like honestly whatever (laughs) yeah it's it's you've coped for it you've lived with it you're managing it like that's such a that in itself is dope um yeah and so everyone's struggling we're all getting there I definitely think that like like my one of the huge reasons that I started cup of oj 
which for those of you who don't know is uh, my website where I my whole slogan is offering a fresh take get it fresh cup of OJ <laughs> fresh squeeze um, <laughs> yeah fresh squeeze take on you know living with type 1 diabetes um, I think that like my whole outlook on it is I really want to be positive about everything because obviously having a chronic disease is takes a lot out of you every single day um, and I always want to try to look at it like at least the thing that we were dealing with is somewhat manageable. And by like keeping a positive attitude about it really helps me on like a daily basis of having something annoying happen or, you know, when people are like, oh, that really stinks. It's like, yeah, it does. But like if I, like I'm thankful that my trauma in my life is one, manageable Two lets me meet a bunch of people who are going through the same thing that I'm going through. And, you know, three is allowing allowing me to do something that like, I feel like I can help other people with. Yeah. I mean, in, um, I totally resonate with that in the episode with Rob, what crap, what was that episode eight of this season? I'll look it up. Um, we definitely had like a big chunk of that episode being like our silver lining for diabetes. And I know for a lot of people, that's such a hard thing to grasp because I personally, I'm sure many would agree. It's, I go through days where I'm just mad at the world and mad at my body for not working properly or the way that others do. But like, it has brought me so many amazing friendships and just a level of understanding and compassion that I had no idea I was capable of before. And it's just like, yeah, it sucks. And I'd rather not have diabetes, but it is what it is. And for now, it's what we're living with. But I mean, I'd never get to meet half of these dope people and I wouldn't get to have a podcast and I wouldn't or necessarily as impactful of a podcast or there's so many different things. And I definitely feel like you're taking advantage of that with cup of OJ as well, because you get to talk to, to people like, like yourself, you know? So yeah, it's worth absolutely. It. Yeah. Uh, I wouldn't have a side hustle that I, <laughs> I actually just, I just um, said the other day, like, I don't think I could be, I don't think I could ever be my authentic self if I was just like a lifestyle blogger or like a fashion blogger or something like that. But the fact that, you know, having, oh my gosh, did you just hear Maisie? No, it's okay. The sirens in New York are off the charts right now. So. Okay. For everyone listening, I have a pug. So if you hear snoring, it's just her. Anyways, (laughs) um, (laughs) I don't think I could be like my authentic self, you know, doing a different type or genre of blog than something that I've dealt with for the past 15 years. We interrupt this episode of Pancreas Pals for a word from our sponsors. Real Good Foods. Find them at realgoodfoods.com or at your local Walmart. Real Good Foods makes tasty low-carb meals and snacks, perfect to bring to your holiday function. With Thanksgiving and its questionable carbs right around the corner, I know I'll be snacking on Real Good Foods snack-sized pizzas and poppers. With less than 5 grams of carbs per serving, Real Good Foods is sure to spice up your Thanksgiving meal and is one less food to worry about this holiday season. Now back to Pancreas Pals. Um, now to switch gears, I do want to like, I feel like this is such a random way to go to segue, but here we are. 
Um, and now on to the next topic. Yeah, it's <laughs> and then um, I'm not smooth. Anyways, um, so I had a listener reach out. I think it was about a month ago, maybe more uh, now, who is the significant other of a type 1 diabetic. And not only was that dope to me that we have pancreatically capable people listening um, who aren't in the medical field or aren't like a sibling of a type 1, but how awesome is that lovely lady for learning? She wants to learn more about type 1 so she can be there for her for her boo. And I was like, hot damn. I have people listen to my podcast. That's because I put it on, you know, <laughs> they're like being supportive yeah. because I'm the one doing like, it. Sit down. Here, listen, it's only an hour. <laughs> See, it's not, it's like 30 minute episodes. So it's like, I'm like, oh God. get it together. We have so much to get to. <laughs> oh my God. I know. Sorry. That's why I'm always like rambling. Um, but yeah, so this lovely lady reached out um, and she was like, I really want to learn more about type one, but like my significant other doesn't he's very uh shy about it and doesn't really like to divulge a lot um like how can I be the best partner to a type 1 diabetic and I was like first of all Liz shook because you're an amazing human for even wanting that like wanting to (laughs) to reach out and you know trying to educate yourself um number two it's my number one thing is someone will let you know how they want it they want to handle things um, so there's like a lot going on with that, my sentences, and they're probably not stringing <laughs> along to make sense. But the reason why I wanted to talk about this with you, Ariana, is because I think you have such a great, fresh outlook on it. Um, and as someone who has been in a relationship for a minute, you know, can say things confidently in your own way with your own truths behind it. And then I have my whole lovely background of ups and downs as do most single (laughs) ladies I feel like of how I approach things but I think as we are both diabetics we know what we would want our partners to how we would want our partners to treat us or to handle the disease um in themselves so uh yeah now that I've explained that in, (laughs) in deep deep detail uh I think the number one takeaway that from anyone who is the partner of a type one diabetic listening to this is I feel like Dr. Phil right now, but someone will teach you how they want to be treated. So like if they're not opening up and they're not sharing about type one, they might not be in a place where they want that to be a part of their relationship. Whether that's me saying that's good or bad, that is beside the point. Um if some people will share with you what they want to share. And I think the most important thing in any relationship is communication and like being there for someone. So as long as you're a listening ear when they want you to be and supportive, that's all that anyone really can, can hope for at like a base level. But um, we can discuss some fun add-ons as well. (laughs) (laughs) I think, yeah, I definitely think that if um, someone's super quiet about their diabetes and which some are, um, I am, quite frankly, the opposite. I'm so I mean, very... we both have big, yeah. <laughs> big things about Loud talking mouth. about it. <laughs> no, well, probably. Well, I was talking more about the website and the podcast, but that oh. looks true. <laughs> I just feel like you and I would definitely be like, okay, well, here's what's happening. <laughs> I, that's literally me in every situation. I'm like, sorry, I'm having a low, or sorry, I just need a minute. 
Um, yeah. But I think well, that's really important in life, at least for me as a loudmouth person. Yeah. Well, definitely like know the basics of diabetes, you know, know how to use the glucagon, know your partner's warning signs. I get to be a really big brat when I am have high blood sugar and I am really snappy and kind of quiet when I get low. Um, and I'm sure my boyfriend Adam can way. have a whole other slew of, of different things that he points out. But yeah, we're, our two years is actually this month. Um, so we've been Muscle. dating for a little while. <laughs> but he's been really great through the entire um, relationship. I basically from the start on our first date, we went to sushi and I was kind of like, oh, by the way, I'm diabetic as I'm like testing at on the table. <laughs> Love it. Out of whatever. Um, so he was always good about that. And then let's see, honestly, having someone just know you is really the best that you can do. Like I've had so many times that Adam will, before we go to sleep, especially if we've been drinking or something, he he will set out a glass of orange juice, a full glass of orange juice, even if I'm not low and it's like 10 p.m. and it's going to be gross if I wake up in the middle of the night. I want (laughs) warm orange juice next to my bed, but I'll still put a glass of orange juice there. He's going to listen to this episode and be like, damn it, no more (laughs) orange juice for you. (laughs) He's going to be like, I didn't come here to get judged. Oh, my God. That's so <laughs> sweet. He'll put he'll put my insulin and then a needle and then my meter and then one test strip sitting on the meter. Oh, my God. And I then- literally can soft sob right now. Do you have a clone of him? Jesus Christ. That's the sweetest thing I've ever heard. Like, there was also one time in a really early point of us dating where I had, like, gone to sleep and he wanted to make sure I was okay. And when I go to sleep, I'm, I like might as well just die because there's no yeah. waking me up. Like yeah. I am lucky enough that I can feel my lows and I'll always wake up. But I was dead asleep and he was trying to test my blood sugar <gasps> and he could not for the life of him get enough or get what? enough blood onto the thing. And he just would test. He tested my fingers so many times that when I woke up, Obviously, I didn't feel any of this, and it was totally fine because I'm so used to pricking my fingers. But finger I woke up like... in like a pool of like dried blood. <laughs> oh my god! Wait, that's so ironic. Uh, Lance Bergstein. Uh, shout out to another episode we had recently. Let me. I need to look up what episodes all of these were. Um, but he had a very similar story. Like the first time, one of the first times his <laughs> girlfriend slept over, like way back when, he had she thought he was having a low. So she tried to prick his finger, but she couldn't like, she put it on a really high setting and he Mm -hmm. woke up and his finger was like throbbing. And he was like, what is going on? Like the next day, like he didn't wake up when she was doing it and like he Uh was fine. So she didn't wake him up. And then the next day his finger was like throbbing and he was like, Hey, uh, babe, what'd you do? (laughs) She was like, I got scared. So, and he was like, it was so sweet. It was so funny. I like couldn't say anything. And I was like, lol picturing my ex-boyfriend trying to uh trying to do that um makes me lol but he like he was great about diabetes he uh he would like always have skittles and starbursts and stuff in his apartment if he knew i was coming over and like you know just constantly had 
backups of, of things. And when I'd wake up in the middle of the night to check my blood sugar, if I was high or low, he would just like rub my back. It was really sweet. Oh, that's but, so nice. Yeah. yeah. Um, I well, love I'd that always be really there. crabby though. I'd always be like, do not touch <laughs> me. I'm having a low sweaty. blood sugar. Like, I'm like really sweaty me. and low. <laughs> yeah. Maybe like, yikes. I'm like such a nightmare, but he was, I'd be like, I know you're being really sweet right now. And like, I love you dearly, but don't touch me. <laughs> I like that as diabetic. We like, you know how um, normal people, when they get to a milestone (laughs) in dating, they'll be like, oh, I left my toothbrush at his house. Ours is like, they bought orange juice for me and and they put it in their fridge after they went grocery shopping. It's like, (laughs) but that just shows like such a level of caring. Like people, I feel like don't realize it because- an an average human with a working pancreas wouldn't have to worry about going low in the middle of the night and not having any low snacks. So the significant other wouldn't have to be like, you know, if it's just a bachelor living his life or her life in whatever city and just like not having any food in the house, like that's totally normal. That's like, yeah, absolutely. That's a lot of 20 somethings. That was me before I was diagnosed, but yeah, they just have like one bottle of hot sauce in the fridge. Exactly. And it's like a week's old orange. <laughs> or something. Like. It's like, that's disgusting. <laughs> yeah. Like, I'm like, I can't eat this. And I've had situations yeah. where I've had, I was at someone's house and they had nothing and I had to like eat a jar of honey. Like, that's just not easy to do when you're low. So wow, that sounds like a delicious low. I don't know the last was, time. I've I was like, <laughs> it was a, it was a situation and a half. It was, <laughs> it was interesting, that poor kid. But um, I mean, I think that the most you can like at the very least you should be supportive and know how to do a glucagon and there's a million we'll put a link of like a youtube how-to um along with this episode on the website uh glucagon is the syringe is a fact acting uh glucose that'll raise a diabetic's blood sugar when administered properly and it looks really overwhelming like overwhelming (laughs) it looks terrifying but you have to know that if you have to administer it, the person will most likely be passed out. And at that point, you don't They care. don't feel things. Yeah. yeah. They're not going to wake up and be like, oh, no, you stabbed me wrong. It's like you're going to wake up and be like, thank you for saving my life. Um, yeah. I used to have – I used to quiz Adam on like – I would bring it out at random times and be like, okay, walk me through this. I do that to my How- sister all the time and she – freaks out she's like I don't know I'm like what do you mean you're my twin sister we live together <laughs> like you need to know this she's like I don't do well under pressure I'm like you know what if I die that's on you then Laura like yeah, that's even more pressure I'm gonna live with that is. pressure forever <laughs> like that's some real pressure now yeah. that song is stuck in my head um, yeah I feel like I it's definitely okay just having someone care about you and like to a normal a normal person. Um, we should probably stop saying that. We're all normal. Everything's <laughs> fine. Rocks back and forth. <laughs> I always just, I always, that's just I my humor that. coming out about it. <laughs> yeah, I know. I always. I'm non diabetic. Um, oh gosh, I lost my train of thought. Why is this Sorry. always happening? I have that effect on people. Um, oh, well. This conversation is so fun. I just, all of my thoughts are just flying out of my brain. I, I just think it's, the reason why this question like touched me on a on a on like my cold cold heart is because I truly think that I always think of things from my perspective from a diabetic's perspective 
And like, you know, I, one of the biggest questions we always got, get on pancreas pals is, you know, when to tell someone you're diabetic on a date, like when to divulge that, like you have a disease, which is unique to every person is always my response. Um, and it's like, it has more to do with you feeling comfortable about it than someone else feeling comfortable about it. But this is like such a great question because I never like, to me, a relationship is just always about communication and trust and like trusting that the person would know what to do in case something went wrong and trusting that they'd be there for me. Um, but this nugget of a sweet human is like, how can I learn more and be better? And I'm like, oh, here are all the links to things. Like, you're such a nice person. Yeah, here's like 18 accounts that you should follow that I know. all we do is talk about everything. But that Truly. that's so sweet. That's like, that's like the, um, I don't know if you're going to understand this, um, but the picture of SpongeBob and he walks out of his house and he has a bunch of hearts. And it's like, here, let me give you all of my love. Okay, oh, maybe yes. you don't. That but... meme. It's a meme. It's a meme, right? Yeah, it's okay. It's, it's a meme. meme. Yes. No, I That's like that. me in a relationship. It's like, here's all of my love. Please don't drop it. <laughs> Please <laughs> that, don't mess it up. <laughs> that's kind of like when I first met Adam, I was very, I was at the point in my life where I was like, I just had a lot of bad experiences with guys who just didn't turn out to be the ones for me which is fine. And I was at the point where I was like, okay, this guy's either going to love me for 100% authentic Ariana or, you know, he's not the one for me. And after, you know, diabetes has just been a, such a large part of my life for so many years. And if someone can't be okay with that from the very beginning, like it's fine if they don't understand it from the beginning, but you got to be willing to learn. And I have yeah. to be willing to teach you got to be willing to teach them about these things too. And um, at the end of the day, like if, if he and I are arguing about something and I go low or something, I, you know, I, he's still like, Oh, well, do you need anything? Like puts the argument aside to make sure that I'm okay. And that like really resonates with just how much he cares in general. Yeah. And you no, not, you got to find someone who sees you as this normal person yeah. Which we are absolutely normal, but sometimes like I f for sure Okay, so here's the reason why I started Cup of OJ. Um I used to think that it was like really hard for my me to look at myself in the mirror and think that, like, oh, I'm 100% a normal person because I have diabetes. I always thought I was weird. I always thought that like I don't like it when people don't understand what I'm doing. I was embarrassed giving shots in restaurants or in public. I didn't want people to think that I was just like, you know, As weird someone person. Yeah. yeah. I hated Especially feeling growing like, up. like no one wants yeah, to as a, mm -hmm, as a kid and going through puberty, it's like super hard to think of yourself as this normal person. So I totally understand why dating is really hard with diabetes. It's essentially having someone meet you and having to be okay with them and li liking you, but they also have to be okay with this completely foreign thing that they've never seen before. Instead of wearing our hearts on our sleeve, we also wear our pancreases on our sleeve. Yes. And oh gosh, such, that's such a good quote. It's uh, Oh my God, maybe that'll be the title of this episode. Yeah. Thanks. Thank you, <laughs> Thank you journalism school, for teaching me words. Um, oh but my God. <laughs> soft sobs but it's so true like I can't tell you how many conversations I've had with people about you know 
that I'm type one diabetic and when I should be bringing it up in a date and when this and that. And I'm like, at the end of the day, I give everything in my life a hundred percent, or at least I try to. And I give my diabetes a hundred percent. And yeah, I don't need to disclose to everyone I'm diabetic and I don't, and I just live my life. But if I'm going to be dating someone, I don't want you know, I don't want that to ever be a problem. And it's weeded out some some bad guys, but it's also helped me find really great guys too. And girls and friends, like, you know, friendships, even having a, a girl be like, I, you know, can you not prick your finger at the table? That's like gross. I'm like, bye. Oh, oh my God. Um, I, that was called. You said that on a previous podcast though, right? Yeah. What did I hear about on a previous podcast? Oh yeah. yeah. Oh well, gosh, I got under my skins so yeah. much. I would have lost um, it. Yeah, but then Rob Howe like was like, "Dude, you just date really bad guys. It's not all diabetes." And I was like, Have "Rob, you you're so right." <laughs> soft, soft. Those tweets where someone was like, "Brought out my insulin pen in class," and someone was like, "Can you not do that?" And you're like, "Sorry, Sharon. I'm just trying to live." Yeah, literally <laughs> our lives. But I don't want to scare any any of the listeners who are you know out there like I'll never find love. Like, no, I've found love. I'm still out there, back out there again. Like Ariana is in a great place. I have a one of my closest friends getting married who has type one in December. Like, we are all normal people. It just might take us kissing a few more frogs to find our uh, our uh, knight in shining armor, if you will. But honestly, and... we need a special type of person who's strong. Like we're strong mm-hmm. as hell. We save our lives every day. We need someone who isn't afraid of us being strong. So yeah. that I think yeah. says more about them. I so before last year at this time, I never really talked about my diabetes on social media ever, and. I, you know, obviously I do the same things I'm doing today. It's just testing all my blood sugars and dealing with lows and dealing with, you know, not knowing how many carbs are in something and dealing with Starbucks, not having a lot of sugar-free options for the holidays and, (laughs) you know, whatever. And, um, now I just, after dating someone who really sees me for me and doesn't care about any of these things, it make, made me, I know it sounds so cheesy, but like Adam has had such a positive impact on my outlook of my health and my diabetes because he's so understanding and everything and he doesn't make me feel weird. And like he is a large, a, a very large reason that I even started my website because I felt confident to put myself out there and felt confident to talk about my health and not see myself as, you know, just someone who's weird. I've felt empowered and I feel like we're badass because we deal with so much shit on a daily basis and telling the more people I can tell about this and the more people I can let know that we didn't get this because we ate too much candy and (laughs) It's all about education. Like, yeah. And the fact that now I can educate people a little more, whether they want to see it on my social media or not, like makes me feel better. And having someone who supports me so much. And I, yeah. And having someone that's like such a big support system and someone that will like love me and encourage me, even though, you know, I never felt like I could find that by being so open with my diabetes, like just gives me such a positive perspective. You heard it here, pals. Uh, there's hope. <laughs> um, 
But I think our biggest takeaway for this is anyone who's listening who is a pancreatically capable human and dating someone or married to someone who has type 1 diabetes, or not, honestly, the biggest takeaway is support. That's all everyone really needs is a less listening ear and, you know, just the basics of human decency in this tough, cold world. Um, I'll leave everyone on that interesting note. But I do have to start wrapping up here. I know we could go on about this forever. Ariana, we'll have to have you back on. Um, (laughs) Definitely will. And maybe we'll share some pictures of your adorable pug. But (laughs) if you like what you heard here or just want a beautifully curated feed, head to Ariana's Instagram, which is at Ariana Fryer. That's Yeah, Fryer. God dang it. Oh, I'm struggling so hard. I know, and her, it's like a quiz every time you say it. I'm like staring at it as creepily as that is. <laughs> and I'm like, why can't I remember words? Um, and then go to cupofoj.com to see her fun shenanigans and her take on type 1 diabetes. Follow us on Instagram at pancreas underscore pals and follow us on Facebook at pancreas pals PP. Um, we are wrapping up the season very close to being done, but don't you fret guys we will still be doing amazing things as in wow i'm really talking us up we will still be doing cool (laughs) things um posting recipes to our website and diagnosis stories in the interim between seasons but we will be back in early march late february for season five along with my brand new co-host so stay tuned about that announcement um thanks for hanging out I appreciate you, Ariana, and all of your takes and everything that you do for the community. And you're a dope-ass person. Let's do this again sometime. Thanks so much for having me. We're friends now. Uh, We're going to hang out. Lida. Uh, come New to York. New York slash I really want to go to Vegas. Anyways. You should um, totally come to Las Vegas. We could brunch. Oh, all I do is brunch. And bolus. Brunch, bolus and brunch. Do it for the do yeah. it for the gram and do it for the life. Maybe I'll start a podcast called Just Kidding. <laughs> <laughs> bolus and brunch. <laughs> oh kidding. my god. Okay, well, everyone have a great rest of your week and be sure to uh, to let us know what you think of the episode. Bye. Bye.